Hello, this is Kelly Woods, soul doula and founder of My Authentic Life. No matter what wrong turns you believe you've taken, the present moment offers a fresh start. Enjoy getting back on track with Aubrey Johnson and the Road to Rediscovery podcast. Our lives are laid out on a road of bumps, turns, struggles, and more. How do we respond? How do we endure adversity for learning and growth? I'm Aubrey Johnson, and we'll explore these questions and more on The Roads Rediscovery. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Roads Rediscovery. I'm your host, Aubrey Johnson. The Roads Rediscovery is about reflecting on life lessons to learn and grow from them, and of course, pay it forward and uplift others who are struggling through dark times. Now, as a quick reminder, you can hear this show anywhere you get your podcasts. If you happen to listen on Apple Podcasts, we invite you to give us a rate and review. Otherwise, please feel free to share your input and thoughts at roadsrediscoverypodcast at gmail.com. That's roadsrediscoverypodcast at gmail.com. Either way, we'll give you a shout out in a future episode, and we always, always appreciate your listenership. My special guest is an executive functioning coach equipping neurodivergent professionals with personalized tools to take control of their time, focus, and be more productive. She also has 20 years of experience teaching high school students with ADHD, ADD, and autism, as well as a master's degree in educational leadership. Let's welcome Jeannie Love to the show. Jeannie, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you here. Thank you, Aubrey. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, likewise. We're excited to, uh, to have you on the show as well to share your insights. Um, I'm, I'm sure this is something um, just about all of us as professionals can relate to, right? Um, but I, I'd love for you to just kind of frame the picture for us and start us off by giving the listeners a glimpse into your journey, right? And um, your focuses, or sorry, your challenges with focus, procrastinating, and productivity? Yeah, I feel like it's something that when I look back on my life, um, it's something I've been trying to master my whole life. Um, mm -hmm. Going all the way back to high school, um, my dad would get up early in the morning for, I think, mm -hmm. a little alone time. And when I was in high school, I sort of started that habit with him that I would get up early in the morning to either finish a paper or give mm -hmm. it a final revision or review before an exam or something like that. And so mm -hmm. like that is something that I continue to this day. Early mornings are my quiet time when I can really think clearly and reflect on something. Mm -hmm. um, when I was in college, I needed to focus and study for these uh, tests or to give my attention to something that was a little less motivating. And I found that I could just go to the deepest, darkest part of the library and sit at mm -hmm. a cubicle with walls on either side. And mm -hmm. then I could focus like a deprivation kind of um, place for me. And so it's just constantly been evolving. How do I how do I rein in my attention? How do I focus to the best of my ability? And then just, I think that as I worked with students, I, 
So I was a special education teacher for a long time, and I really most related to the students who had ADHD and autism. And I think it was the same thing. Like I was learning how to manage life. They were learning how to manage life and right. just continue to pick up strategies as I, as I worked with these students. And so it's something that I've been refining for a very long time. Gotcha. Gotcha. So would a key piece of that, that you've been refining and, and that, you know, with the students you've been working with, um, would a key piece of that be, uh, creating the environment in which that, you know, that fosters um, focus and, uh, and, and, and thinking strategically and, and, and whatever's required to, to be productive? Yeah, it's, you definitely, it's, for example, um, one strategy might be um, to set up your workspace, like very consciously, very full of effort, very mindfully and thoughtfully prepare yeah. yourself for the the task that you are getting ready to focus on. And mm -hmm. it might be because it requires a depth of thinking. It might also be because it's something that you are unmotivated to do. And so mm -hmm. the ritual of making sure that your workspace is tidy, that you have the drink and your favorite writing utensil, right. all set up and ready to go. Mm -hmm. and it really, it'll, it sounds like it's a big process, but it takes about you know 30 seconds or 60 seconds this up and then you're like okay i am consciously mindfully ready to yes into this task and so creating the environment i think is really important gotcha gotcha and it also sounds like one of the elements or one of the virtues is efficiency would that be accurate yes and a lot of what i help my clients to do is it's like taking the time to be efficient. So yes. taking the time to thoughtfully prepare yourself, close the the many tabs that you don't need anymore. <laughs> right. um, put, you know, put your phone in another room, take the time. And then mm -hmm. it's like, then you're prepared for flow. Everybody wants to get into flow. And so yes. then you have set yourself up to to initiate, to get going, to get right. into it, and then you can really get going. Yeah, yeah. I am a huge proponent and advocate for what I call, or what is called, that I've heard at least, flow state, right? Um, you know, it's that sweet spot between your skill set and the task or the, the level of um, complexity of the task, right? And, and getting in that flow state is, um, it's, some people call it in the zone, um, but yeah, it's, uh, that, that is, I think that is the quote unicorn that a lot of people are looking for when it comes to being organized, being productive and, uh, being able to focus on, on their work. Right. Yeah. And, and for all of us, I think you said earlier that we're all living in an incredibly distracted world right now. And so just the messaging and the dinging and the, yeah. the emails that are popping up and yeah. like the thing that makes me crazy is when the little number pops up on your, on the tab of your email or whatever. And that's yeah. like this, like a little dopamine hit that I need to check that and see what I'm missing. And so it's an incredibly challenging time to try to find the flow. And it does require a little bit of work to prepare and to get set up for it. Yeah, it does. You know, and, you know, it's amazing how with technology and the information age and everything, um, you know, things that um, were, I guess, created with the intent 
of making our lives easier or, um, or say uh, more efficient or saving time, you know, um, the world these days, in my view, is like really, really um, headed towards like instant gratification because you know, we have micro learning. My background is talent development. So we have micro learning, things that you can learn just bits and pieces of, right? Um, in a moment's notice, you can pull that up and learn how to, to, to do something, which is convenient and everything. But at the same time, to your point earlier, they can become distractions, right? Uh, which can, um, which can interfere with uh, your purpose of being productive. This is a little side story, but I love it, which is that, um, so my family and I like to camp and we mm -hmm. were on a road trip and we were camping and the camp mm -hmm. campground host, an older man comes through on his four wheeler to pick up the, the fee for the camping. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know how we got onto this, but he had his cell phone and he, we were in Iowa and farmland. And it, I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was something along the lines of this technology that is always available to him that was supposed to make his life easier has actually yeah. made, has taken time away from him. He feels like he has less time. Really? Yeah. And I think it's because we're just constantly pulled. Our time is constantly be being taken away from us. Another thing that I really love and encourage people to try is going back to the time of, you know, kind of doing nothing Yeah. for a little bit of, so I, I imagine this man and his, on his porch and his chair on a nice summer evening, you know, mm -hmm. just, you know, spending time visiting with a neighbor or a friend or family or something like that. And right. we just don't do that anymore. We, no. if we have time available, even if it's just three minutes between meetings or tasks, we automatically grab our phone and start scrolling. And yeah. it just, mm. so that is also, it, it, it gives us the feeling that we're being busy. So there's that, like we are accomplishing something. Right. But then also it is really making us feel busier, which makes us feel like we are more rushed and have less time. And so, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Which could stir up anxiety depending on, you know, mm. um, the individual I, I, I would, uh, I would definitely um, imagine. And yeah, um, you mentioned, you know, before, I mean, there is that time where, you know, we all, at some point should challenge ourselves to, to unplug, you know, um, if we do unplug, uh, maybe it's at a time when we want to be productive. Okay. Um, you know, if we're an author and, uh, we write books then maybe we want to unplug when we want our creative juices to flow and focus and concentrate on our next book, what is the storyline? Who are the characters, right? Um, is there a plot? Uh, I, I would imagine that would be the optimal time to unplug and remove those distractions with technology during the times you wanna be creative and productive. Yeah, and there's even some research coming out about that, that the mind nice. wandering, the daydreaming. Yeah. And so I, I will, I'll do that because writing is actually pretty difficult for me. And I do mm -hmm. have to, you know, kind of produce content to mm -hmm. help to, for people to see what I'm doing and, and yeah. what I'm thinking. And that's incredibly hard. So that's what I will do. I will turn the phone off. I will put my computer away. And I actually love a notebook and a pencil. Yes. That's when I do my best thinking and I will just sort of sit in a comfortable place mm -hmm. and just wait for something to come into my head, but absolutely have to resist the urge of all technology. 
Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I don't know, the old Dr. Seuss book comes to mind when, uh, you know, when we look at in the simplest of terms in the, in, 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 you know, in our early days before all this technology, you know, when you, when you grab a book, whatever the story is about in that book, oh, the places you'll go, right? And when you have pen and paper, when you have a notebook and a pencil, you know, oh, the places you can go. Mm. I mean, it's endless, limitless, right? I, I, I truly believe that. So, so Jeannie, uh, I was hoping you can share some insight for the listeners on the meaning um, and a description of the neurodiversity movement, the current neurodiversity movement. Yeah. So I, um, so after I left teaching, mm -hmm. I discovered that there is a growing number of adults in their thirties, forties, fifties, and even sixties who um, are identifying themselves, really, that's how it's starting, with having mm -hmm. ADHD or autism or mm -hmm. dyslexia. Mm -hmm. And because there's so much information out there and they've been yeah. able to figure out, aha, this is what is going on with my brain. Mm -hmm. And so that's amazing. And then it's, so then I thought I would see if all of my experience would translate over into coaching adults. And it has. And so mm -hmm. they're looking for to learn all the strategies that they didn't get when they were younger in school because they didn't get identified back then. So that's super exciting. I love it. What I find, well, the reason that I love it is because it's sort of like this clarity for mm -hmm. my clients. Mm -hmm. it, they, there's, they finally understand what's going on with their brains. And met, mm. many of them have been misdiagnosed with anxiety or yeah depression or some other thing like that. And so finally this makes sense to them. So I love that. I love that it's catching on. I love that it's being talked about in the workplace mm -hmm. and that um, businesses and organizations are starting to include this in their diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. Yes. Yes. And we're learning more about how to really bring out the best in the way that their brains work instead of the negative in the way that their brains work. And so yeah. I think that it is just beginning to catch on and I'm super excited to really be providing services at this time. That is exciting, right? On so many different levels. And, and thank you for that insight, Jeannie, because as you were speaking to that, I was thinking of, okay, this is exciting um, for you in the work that you're doing and supporting it. And it's exciting for, um, you know, the individuals getting your help and support because it can help them manage their workload and their workspace and their experience, you know, in their careers. And it also benefits the employer, right? I mean, you don't want to turn these people away or you don't want to turn a blind eye and not have the programs in place that supports, um, you know, um, these individuals because you're missing yourself out on a lot of true talent, you know, and again, I'm putting on my talent diversity hat, but, uh, or talent <laughs> development hat, but, um, but, but that's, you know, from my perspective, it looks like it's exciting on multiple levels. Yeah. My clients are incredibly passionate. Mm-hmm 
about what they do. They're incredibly skilled at what yeah. they do. They have creative ideas. And so if we can just build an environment that allows them to access that yes. passion, that skill, those gifts, yes. yeah, then they can. And also within them, some, you know, mm -hmm. mechanisms to cope with uh, the areas that they struggle with. And so, um, I love it when my clients see that it's working for them and that they gain insight into, into how they can improve their lives. It's just, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And you know, that resonates with the listeners of this show. I have no doubt in my mind because, you know, um, there are people out there who are struggling with, you know, how to focus, um, whether they're self-diagnosed or clinically diagnosed, or maybe they just don't know that, you know, they may have a, a deeper problem or issue, um, you know, to manage. Uh, and, and, and hearing this, you know, can, can raise that flag to say, hey, you know, maybe we want to explore this a little deeper to see, you know, there is hope for me to better manage my workload and workspace. Yeah. And with the hope I wanted to mention too, is that mm -hmm. um, most of my clients, if not all of my clients, you know, they carry some baggage with them from not yeah. really having it all together for most yes. of their lives. Yes. And so then there's, this is where, you know, an aspect of like neuroplasticity and building better, more positive ways to look at themselves in their brain. And so that's another aspect of the work that I do is how to let how to let go of all the baggage that you're carrying from school and from, you know, maybe struggling with work. Um, yeah. And now into, okay, let's turn that into, it's going to be okay. We'll let go of that. We're going to create these like positive emotions, positive feelings, uh, positive habits uh, in your brain. And so I gotcha. love that too. Gotcha. Yeah. I love that. And that's beautiful. And I, I really appreciate you sharing that Jeannie, because I was going to ask you, you know, um, as you work with these clients, uh, as, as you know, they get to know you, you get to know them, you know, what is their emotional state, right, going in? I mean, um, do some have a degree of acceptance in, you know, being, uh, having autism or being ADD or HD, ADHD, or, you know, is, 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 there, is there a hit on their self-esteem or confidence, right? And it sounds like um, you cover all those bases to address those which I think must be done uh, initially, you know, in order to work on the strategies that you, um, that, that, you, that you coach them. Thanks for listening. To hear the full conversation, please subscribe to our premium channel by visiting roadsrediscovery.com.